What's up, Duke fans, and welcome to another episode of Duke Blue Central, where we are going to be breaking down a wild Duke basketball win against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, a team that beat Duke earlier in the season was Duke's worst, worst loss of the season, and boy did they come to play in Cameron Indoor Stadium today, uh, giving Duke all that they could handle. But Duke pulls out a win, 84-79, to in a game that had so many storylines, a game that had so many swings of momentum, so many wild things happening. It's going to be a fun episode breaking it all down for you today. Uh, but I just want to start out here. Like, what a gutsy win from Duke! And I'll say this later in the show. But look, I know this this game wasn't supposed to be this close. You know, Georgia Tech has lost, I believe, four in a row before this game. But man, did they play well tonight! And I have to give it up uh, to their coach Stoudemire, who who coached super well tonight. Was able to exploit ways in uh, exploit Duke in ways I think no other team has uh, this season. He they were just killing us um, on the offensive side of the ball for a long, long time there in this game. Game felt like Duke was going to lose almost the entire second half until they were able to go out some runs. But what a gutsy win from Duke. I, I want to break this da game down into two categories. We're just going to go the bad and the good. Normally start with the good. Going to start with the bad today. I want to wrap up on all the good things we saw out of Duke today uh, with this uh, just crazy gutsy win. But let's start with the bad. And, and the first thing I have to say is uh, – uh, the thing that maybe defined this game for Georgia Tech was how bad Duke was at defending the pick and roll offense. With and it's important to note, um, in case you weren't able to watch the game, Mark Mitchell was. Uh, it was decided that he was not able to go shortly before the game. I think you know today, day of the game. Uh, only hours before we found out Mark Mitchell wasn't going to be able to go. Our starters, so our starters were four guards and flip. Uh, it was McCain, Proctor, uh, Roach, uh, Foster, and then Kyle Filipowski. So four guards and one center. Now, a lineup that they said on the broadcast had only got five minutes of playing time together before tonight. Obviously a difficult mountain to climb when you're missing him. Uh, him also being our best defensive player, and I think a guy that shuts down a lot of Georgia Tech's pick-and-roll and, and three-point offense if he's in. But disregard, he was out today, and Georgia Tech was able to exploit us uh, by doing kind of short pick-and-rolls that resulted in either short mid-range jumpers around the free-throw line or kickouts to open guys uh, on the three-point line in particular in the corner or on the wing and, and Georgia Tech man it felt like they ran that play 50 times today and just about every time it was successful and I think a primary reason of it is because just Georgia Tech is a very athletic team they are you know they do have some really athletic guys and with the size of Mark Mitchell being out of this game it allowed the athletes of Georgia Tech to go up against some of the smaller Duke guards, and uh, that didn't lead for for uh, great opportunities for Duke defensive stops. Um, because when you have a guy like McCain switched off on a guy who's six six, even if McCain is playing great defense, gets a hand in the face, uh, height still really makes a difference in that play, and they're able to hit contested mid-range jump shots consistently, which they did all game because of some of the athleticism Duke was losing with Mark Mitchell being out. Uh, I'm not sure how serious the uh, the injury to Mitchell was. They seem to say that it wasn't that serious, but I just saw a Shire quote after the game that they're not even sure he's going to be able to go uh, next week, Duke doesn't play again for a full seven days. We play Pitt, who we just played. We play them again at Cameron se uh, seven days from now, uh, Saturday. 
they said he's not even sure Mitchell's going to be able to play for that game. So I don't know. Maybe it is something a little more serious than, than what they were saying on the broadcast. Uh, said it was a knee injury, not the same knee that's been bothering him uh, for kind of his whole career at Duke. And that kind of uh, that made him miss that game at Tennessee, uh, the game where Duke was eliminated in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, so no, it seems to be positive news, as positive as an injury can be. Uh, hopefully we get him back. But uh, the bad has to start with that. That was Georgia Tech's primary way of getting points in this game. Uh, and, and the other way uh, they were getting points was with their three-point shooting. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle bits of this throughout the whole team. Georgia Tech is a team that shoots 30% from three. Tonight, they shot 55%, and that was as high as 61% late into the second half. And they missed you know, a three when the game was over, and they missed another three late, late in the game. So that they, their shooting was even better than that 55% says. Uh, they were just on fire, unconscious, any words you want to insert there uh, from the three-point line tonight. They were simply making every shot they needed to make to win this game. It, it felt like a game where you know this is an unranked team that gets hot against a great a team that's obviously better than them and they win very similar situation happened to Purdue uh I have to believe the top team in the country at the time when they went and played Nebraska Nebraska ended up shooting I believe 57 or around that amount from three and uh, Purdue was unable to overcome that and uh, lost on the road to Nebraska very much felt like one of those games where hey this is just an example of a a game that Georgia Tech is going – they're going to have a career game. A couple of their guys, I believe, what's his name, the, the George kid for Georgia Tech, when I believe three for six, 50% from three. He is a uh, – this season he's shooting 19% from three for Georgia Tech, and tonight he was on fire from beyond the arc, especially early in this game uh, until the very end. He was making him at even a higher clip. Uh, but they, they were just – Georgia Tech did everything – they needed to do, I think, in their minds to win this game. Duke was just the team that battled harder and came out on top and just made more clutch shots at the end, made more free throws at the end. Uh, Duke just did what they needed to to win. But, man, from a game plan strategy, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, if I was a Georgia Tech fan, I'm sitting here thinking, what else could we have done to beat this Duke team? And I don't think there's anything you can say. Everything went right for Georgia Tech in this game. This felt like a game, once again, Duke was supposed to lose. I said that once again when we played against Notre Dame. It was for a different reason then. Against Notre Dame, it was because our stars played really bad. Uh, this game, it was not the case. Uh, Flip had maybe one of his best games as a Blue Devil ever. I know I just said that last week. Uh, but it was this week, it was because of their shooting uh, and their ability to score that they feel like they really probably should have won that game, and they're unable to pull it out at the end. Uh, but continuing on with the bad, uh, free throws were as dominant as usual. Still finished uh, shooting, uh, I believe, 70, yeah, 71% from the line, 20 for 28. Still a percentage you'll take, uh, but the ones that missed, I think uh, Flip split a couple. McCain missed two free throws in this game, which he's only missed two, I believe, the whole season before entering today. Uh, and he misses two tonight. Uh, uh, I believe one of them was the front end of an, uh, front end of an uh, a one and one. Uh, so kind of a you know rougher free throw shooting night for Duke than usual, but still you know making twenty for twenty eight is, is a percentage you can live with if that's a bad night for you. Uh, I want to say the only player I kind of want to highlight in the bad, and again no disrespect to this guy, but Caleb Foster didn't have his best game. He only had three points, which was a one three point 
make uh, early in the game. Other than that, he finished one for three, only shot the ball three times, did finish with two rebounds and four assists, one steal, so good numbers there. Um, but And again, we talked about this last episode. Foster is a guy where when he has a bad game, he's not typically – you know, blowing the bat, blowing the game for you by sh- chucking up a bunch of bad shots. He's just a guy that kind of sometimes can fade away uh, into the rest of the offense and, and where you're not really noticing him that much. But the biggest negative, I think, for Foster this game is that he had two really costly fouls on Georgia Tech shooters late in this game. One of them being a three-point attempt that uh, that sent a Georgia Tech shooter to the line for three points late into the game. Uh, luckily, he was he missed one of those, uh, turning it into not as bad of a foul as it could have been and then uh, another one he gave up an and one to that uh, to the George kid uh on Georgia Tech really late into the game when it felt like if Duke gets a stop they were going to win Caleb Foster gives up an and one in the middle of the paint to a smaller guard not things you want to see from him but I know he'll grow and get better from that his defense is something that I have not hated on the season as of late I don't think he's a defensive stopper yet I think he has the potential to be and I think as he grows as a player that part of his game will grow Uh, sometimes defense is is I would say most of the times defense is harder to pick up for these high school guys than offenses. A lot of them come into come into college basketball really knowing how to score, uh, but not knowing how to defend really well. And, and that might be the case for Foster. Uh, just today didn't have his best defensive game. Also, want to say our offensive struggles late in the first half and early in the second were a big problem in this game. Duke started this game hot, and we got up by as much as ten really, really early. Uh, now Georgia Tech was still shooting the ball really well, but so was Duke and they were just scoring at will on offense. Kyle Filipowski was getting one-on-ones, and he was uh, converting those into easy buckets. And, uh, yeah, it it was a game where, you know, I'm sitting here at the beginning thinking – Everything's going right for Georgia Tech, and Duke is up 10 right now. Duke's up 9, 8 right now. We're going to blow these guys out when they start to struggle. Uh, But that struggle really never came for Georgia Tech, but it did come for Duke. Uh, Duke slowed down a lot. Flip was still putting up a lot of shots, but just missing shots he normally makes, and uh, some of the Georgia Tech athletic defenders – were giving him problems in the post uh, when he was when he wasn't able to go one on one. So so that happened a lot uh, late in the first half, and then in the second half, Duke just came out really flat, especially on defense. Uh, Georgia Tech was able to build a little bit of a lead, and I think that negativity on defense led to a stagnant offense uh, where there was no movement and missing easy shots. That's been kind of a kryptonite for Duke's offense this year when you see all the guys just standing around not moving a lot it's a pretty good sign that the uh, that offensive possession is not going to go well and and I sat there watching offensive possessions in the beginning of the second half and it felt like we just got back to playing iso ball with no movement and you know the shot clock winds down and you end up you know eight seconds left in the shot clock and a guy's taking a a contested runner in the lane and those rarely go in for Duke this season um when Duke was able to turn this game around, I actually think it was because of the energy they created on defense, getting out to run in transition and getting easy points, uh, easy layups and and ones and also three pointers in transition, uh, which also led to a better half court offense from Duke. Uh, I think just getting that confidence of seeing the ball uh, go through the hoop. The last thing I've got in the bad is just injuries. You know, 
I already said it. Mark Mitchell out for the in, in, for the entire duration of this game. I think that definitely changes the footprint of the game. I don't think Georgia Tech scores nearly as many points if Mark Mitchell is guarding. He is our most big and athletic defender, the best defender on this team probably, uh, and missing him obviously creates a, a lot of mismatches for the athletic wings of Georgia Tech, which they had several of tonight that were making all of their shots. Uh, and then Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach was a guy who I'm going to talk about in the good category uh, who had a great game tonight and uh, on one of our on one of the most important buckets of the game a transition layup from Roach uh, he just tweaked his right knee a little came down a little hard on it instantly was hobbling uh, was able to play the next few possessions but then after a few uh, he hobbled back actually hobbled back to the bench for a minute and then went back to the locker room he was able to come back and even check back into the game uh, a couple minutes later not that long later played a couple of possessions and then hobbled back to the bench again uh, so so maybe, you know, hopefully that's nothing too bad. The fact that he was able to check back into the game gives me some confidence that he'll be able to go next Saturday. Uh, but we'll just have to see. I mean, it, it, some of these injuries, you know, the ones that don't look bad sometimes are the worst. And the ones that look bad, they come out of the locker room and play the rest of the game as if it didn't happen. Uh, so we're we're definitely hoping nothing's wrong with Roach. I don't think there is. It didn't look like anything crazy on the court. just looked like he kind of just had an awkward landing and maybe tweaked his knee in the wrong way. Uh, Could have went up into his thigh as well. I uh, don't want to diagnose anything. Obviously not my specialty, um, but uh, we're hoping Roach is good. Uh, and again, just a, I, I think the medical staff would have kept him out of this game if they would have thought it's something super serious. Uh because, you know, e- even if we drop this game to Georgia Tech, uh, losing Jeremy Roach for several games would be uh, not a good price to pay, uh, even for winning this game. So, uh, yeah, Roach goes down, mark out for the whole game. I got to have those guys back healthy. Uh, I don't know if we need both of them to beat Pitt again. I definitely think Pitt's going to come out with a lot of energy after we just swamped them at their place um don't know if we need both of them necessarily just to win that game but boy do they help and uh you know especially uh, gosh especially with how mark is revealed to be so important on a defensive side of the ball for duke you really hope he's ready to go and roach has been our most consistent guard on the season uh even with the emergence somewhat of tyrese proctor scoring uh, tonight but that leads me into the good uh and, and you know this was a game like i said at the beginning with a ton of storylines and a ton of uh, momentum shifts um but there was one consistent factor through it all and that's was flip was balling the entire game let me just read flip stat line to you finally got 30 points a career high for filipowski he's flirted with it for a long time in his post game interview in the locker room he said he'd been flir- flirting with 30 points for a long time was finally able to get there tonight But he finished with 30 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and only 2 fouls. Uh, A truly, truly uh, first-team All-American performance from Filipowski. I will argue, I do think probably his game against Pitt was better, just from an efficiency standpoint. He did shoot 10 for 24, not the percentage you really want to see from him. Still not bad, but um, but he was you know late in that first half, early in the second, he were was putting up a lot of shots that weren't falling, and that really hurt his percentage. What didn't hurt his percentage is that he went four for five from three, and each of those were just massive, massive threes where it felt like 
Duke was down and out and we needed a bucket uh, to score and Flip was able to hit a three to get us back into it. Uh, Duke actually finished the game shooting 47% from three, which is a massive, massive development for this team. Uh, You guys have heard me on this podcast before talk about how I think maybe the biggest problem for this team was their inability to make three-point shots in big games. And I know, look, Georgia Tech on the schedule is not a big game. But if you're watching this game and you see how close it is, uh, the the three-point shots Duke were shooting tonight felt as important as any of the three-point shots we've shot all season and we were able to hit at a 47 percent clip the three-point shooting I think is finally really starting to click for this Duke Blue Devil team and it certainly has clicked for Kyle Filipowski in the past few games um so man what can you say about flip over the past two this has been a a crazy uh historic two-game run for Filipowski, uh, and you can put these two games in a row up against nearly any big man in history, uh, two games in a row at Duke, and Flip would uh, be right up there with the best of them. Uh, and he was a steady force throughout this game. He was the star that Duke needs him to be, and it's just encouraging to see him dominate like he uh, like he is now. Hopefully that continues. If we're going to get where we want to go, which is a Final Four and a potential national championship, Flip is going to have to play like a first-team All-American, and for the past few games he has. Also want to say, uh, besides Flip, the rest of this game was determined by single players taking over the game at different points in the game. The first one to do that, other than Flip, again, Flip's the constant throughout all this. He was good the whole night. Um, But the other players, Roach was the first one. Roach was the guy that was in the first half and even early in the second that was getting keeping Duke in it and getting them back into it. Uh, he's always steady. He finished the game with it with a good stat line, especially for being out as long as he was. 18 points, uh, one rebound, three assists, two steals, only one turnover, and three fouls for him. O- did only shoot did shoot five for 12, um, two for four on his threes, which is great. Uh, but Roach, again, Roach was Jeremy Roach of this year. This is the Jeremy Roach we've been used to seeing this year, a, a always calming presence, a guy that when you feel the game slipping a little bit for Duke, Jeremy Roach is the guy you want to get the ball to. And he created several opportunities uh, off those turnovers. Again, he had two steals and two of those, I believe they both came in quick succession when uh, there was a point in the game Georgia Tech was able to go up 10 points points and immediately Duke responded and I think cut the lead to two and the game was that close the rest of the way and uh, and a huge reason for that run was Duke's defensive intensity and a big part of that was Jeremy Roach's ability to steal the ball and get easy breakaway layups one of which was an and one in which he converted the three point uh the three point play uh Roach was a steady four for us but then he goes down right another storyline of this game Duke's second best player to that point, the guy that was arguably getting us back into the game, maybe even more than Flip was in that moment, and he goes down with a knee injury. So what happens? I, I just think at this point in the game, it's when I'm wa- I'm watching this game on the couch tonight thinking after Roach goes down, I'm thinking we drop this. I, at that point, you know, I, I have thought Duke was going to lose this thing the whole second half until we went on that big run, but especially when Roach goes down, you're just thinking, man, we were just getting back into it. And now, you know, Roach goes down. He's the guy that's been creating a ton of offense for us. It would have been so easy for Duke to just say, you know what? One of our captains, Roach, is out. 
we're, get demotivated and just chuck up bad shots um, and pray that you make them and then just try and get out of here and say, ah, the injuries really hurt us today. That's why we lost. But that's not what Duke did. Tyrese Proctor, uh, the sophomore captain, stepped up today in, in, in a way that he has not this season. He finished the game with 17 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 3 for 5 from 3, perfect from the line, which was important, and two assists and only one foul from Proctor. And all of those, I believe, gosh, it felt like nearly all of those points came after Roach came. Roach went down. Roach went down, and I think Proctor hit two threes immediately and then uh, assisted on a Ryan Young bucket and maybe made another layup himself. Um, just a crazy, crazy clinic from Proctor. There was a stretch, I think, where he made a three, it basically forced a turnover on the defensive side, made another shot. I mean, it was like eight unanswered points for him uh, in the most pivotal part of the game when it would have been easy for Duke to lay down and just take their loss and get out of there with the tail between their legs and blame it on injuries. Proctor was not going to let that happen tonight. And he, and he stepped up in a way he hasn't this year. And, you know, we've talked about it so far. Proctor going down, being great for the freshman. Is, is this the game that, even if it's just for the second half of this game, is this the game that because Roach goes down, Proctor was the one who had to step up and make plays, and he did. And maybe we're about to see a run from him. Maybe he comes out against Pitt and has another 15-point performance uh, because of the way the confidence he now feels uh, after Roach went down and after making some huge plays. But it can't be understated how impressed I am with Proctor and the rest of the team during that stretch when Roach went down. It, it just it, it it was so easy for in those moments to just get down and defeated when one of your best players goes down and you're already down in a game, you already feel like you've been beaten up a little bit. It's so easy to just lay down and lose, and they didn't do that. I also want to point out Ryan Young had some huge moments in this game. Ryan Young finished with 10 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block today. And and that even, I don't think, it justifies how well he played tonight. Um, there were some times defensively he was getting exploited. But, man, he was coming down with a ton of rebounds today. Uh, let's see. Four of those were offensive, five defensive, four offensive boards. Just, just huge for him in this game. And defensively, he was able to stop the bleeding on the pick-and-roll uh, offense from Georgia Tech a little today. When he came into the game, I, uh, he did give Duke a little bit more size, which I think forced Georgia Tech into some tougher shots, especially at the basket, uh, which was you know forcing more misses where he was able to get the rebound and start the break for Duke. Uh, Ryan Young was also the beneficiary of a lot of great passes from Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski where he was just left open underneath the basket but you still have to convert those shots with a little bit of contact and Ryan Young converted them tonight and hit some free throws in the clutch uh Let's see. He, he finished perfect from the line, two for two. Those were big free throws um, at a big point in the game. Uh, he converted all of his open layups, which he's missed some early in this year. He's missed a lot of shots, I think, that uh, that he tell you he needs to make. But Brian just had an awesome, awesome game today, and it, it, we needed him to. Uh, defensively and offensively, he was putting it in today. I also want to point out Jalen Blakes didn't finish with a great stat line. You know, I don't think he yeah, didn't score in this game, only played 10 minutes. 
minutes, 0 for 1. Uh, yeah, one rebound, one assist, but gosh, did he affect it more than that. And a big part of that was when Duke made that run. Georgia Tech, I think, hit maybe a 3 to go up 10, and then instantly Duke just ramped up the defensive pressure, and he was a huge part of that. Created turnovers, and we cut the lead to 2, and from then on it was a 50-50 game all the way until the end when Duke was uh, ran away with it a little bit. But, but enough can't be said about the way Blake's plays defense and the intensity and the spark he gives to this team uh, speaks volumes beyond the stat lines, and he had a good day today. Uh, I don't care what the numbers say. Uh, and, and that's kind of my last individual things to say about the good, but just to kind of wrap things up for us today, look, I, I, you, I know this wasn't supposed to be this close of a game, but when you're missing your best, two of your best players, two of your most critical players, I would argue Mark Mitchell, even without being necessarily one of our best guys, quote unquote, he's definitely one of the most critical to lose on the defensive side. When you miss, when you lose him for the whole game, when you lose Jeremy, when the opposing team who shoots 30% from three hits 60% the whole game, you're going to have to dig deep and really grind out a gutsy win. We've seen other teams ranked higher than Duke this week in college basketball lose games just like this. The Purdue-Nebraska game comes to mind where you know Purdue's this massive favorite. They're on the road, which is opposite to this game, but they've got the player of the year probably on their team in Zach Eady. Nebraska comes out and drains 57, I think, percent of their threes and beats down Purdue uh, at home. This felt like the exact same script except Duke was actually missing two players in the in the most important stretches of the game. You know, Georgia Tech, they don't shoot the ball well from three all season. They come into Cameron, they shoot 60% the whole game. Felt like a game Duke was supposed to lose, and they grinded out a gutsy win. And what separates a good teams, great teams from good teams, is the ability to win and close out these games that get close in the end. And Duke was able to do that today. And I don't care if it's too close. Uh, I don't care if we what the spread was. I don't care what we were supposed to win by. Duke comes out with a win, and that is all that matters right Right now is getting these wins in January. This had the feel of a typical Duke January loss to a team you're not supposed to lose to who just catches their hair on fire shooting from all around the court and Duke was still able to win. And like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, if you're the Georgia Tech coach, I think you're sitting there thinking we did everything right to win this game. Everything went right for us to win this game, and Duke still won. And that's the most important thing about this game, and that's the thing that Duke is going to have to do continue. Uh, Duke is going to have to do moving forward continually, especially if we're going to be without Mark Mitchell uh, for the next game. So that's all I have for you today. Great Duke basketball win. Uh, I don't care that it's Georgia Tech. This game felt like a Final Four game, except that Georgia Tech has lost like four of their last games in a row, <laughs> which is just crazy. I don't know what they take before they play Duke. Whatever they do, uh, they should just start doing that every game. I don't know why they only do it against us. Uh, but gosh, did this fan feel like a battle that Duke was able to pull out. Uh, but again, great, great win for Duke. And I don't care what the numbers say. This is a good gutsy win and a great sign moving forward for this Duke Blue Devil team. That's all I got for you today. If you want to help out the show, you can leave us a rating wherever you're listening or follow me over on Twitter at Duke Blue Central. It's been good talking to you today. Last but certainly not least, go Blue Devils.